the thing that stayed the same is the Masters Golf Tournament is the world's greatest sporting event. The only place you can bring your entire family. And once you're inside the grounds, you can feed everybody. You can even get your brew for 20 bucks. Hadn't changed in forever. You can't go to any other sporting event where that's true. What has changed is the grounds have changed. I'm Roberto, engineer turned PGA Tour player turned businessman. And I'm Dan, businessman on the weekdays and average golfer on the weekends. On the Course Record Show, we talk to some of the smartest people in the golf business and get the insight stories and strategies driving the business of golf forward. On this episode of the Course Record Show, we talk to the mayor of Augusta, Georgia, Hardy Davis Jr., Mayor Davis has been in office since 2015. He previously served the Georgia House and Georgia State Senate. He has an electrical engineering degree from Georgia Tech and also a doctorate in theology. Mayor Davis gives us a look behind the curtain into what happens in his city during Master's Week and then what keeps him busy the other 51 weeks of the year. Hope you enjoy and stay tuned after our conversation for takeaways. Mayor Davis, thanks a lot for joining the Course Record Show. We always try to take a business angle to golf, and the Masters is widely covered, but love to focus on Augusta, the economic impact it has on your city, and and just your day-to-day, how it affects you. I think it's a really interesting dynamic. I'll open with economic impact of the Masters on the city of Augusta. Roberto, thanks so much for having us uh, to be a part of the show. I'm excited about what you're doing with the Course Record Show. Everybody's talking Masters Golf Tournament now, post-pandemic, two years in a row, we've had little to no one in town. And so now we've got an opportunity to return to what many people believe to be a normal Masters Golf Tournament. Estimated economic impact is upwards of what many believe to be 50 plus million dollars during that one week period of time. That really is a two week period of time. When you think about the Augusta National Women's Amateur that starts this week and the moves from the Augusta National Women's Amateur to drive, chip, and putt. And then we have the men show up in town. So the impact, again, is upwards of $50 million. You've got, you know, products, hotels. The hotel and tourism industry receives a huge shot in the arm. And this couldn't come at a better time than, once again, having not held the tournament And more importantly, the hospitality and tourism industry being hit so hard during the global pandemic over the last two years. Mayor Davis, I'm always interested in the nuts and bolts behind the scenes. How many towns and cities do you have to import police, fire, EMS from? What's something that we never think of, right? Like, is your trash and water like 10x the week of the Masters? And and how do you deal with all of that? Well, that's a great question. And many people... Don't think, Roberto, about the fact that Augusta is Georgia's second largest city. There's some debate with the recent census between Columbus and Augusta, uh, but I continue to tell Mayor Skip Henderson that we still are number two. And so as a city of 207,000 plus people, we enjoy having a strong public safety force. We do because it's the masters and we've got people from across the globe who show up in our city. We lean on mutual aid support from our neighboring county, Columbia County, McDuffie County. The CSRA, as it's sometimes referred to as the Central Savannah River area, 
It's 13 county area that includes parts of South Carolina. When you think about Aiken and Edgefield counties, North Augusta, South Carolina, those communities, they play a part in this as well. But largely between Richmond and, and Columbia County, we handle the, the law enforcement piece. You've got GBI involved as well as, as Georgia State Troopers. But we do get broad support from the state troopers, the GBI, uh, because of who shows up in our city. Dignitaries from across the globe, obviously sports stars, celebrities, people like that. And so we're generally handling it. From a trash standpoint, Augusta National is really a self-contained entity. They do so much in their own you know, world, if you will. And when it comes to trash, those things. But it's fairly routine. Traffic management is probably one of the most important things that we do during that entire week. We have perhaps the state's finest traffic management and control center in Augusta, Georgia, where we're able to move tens to 20, 30,000 people on a daily basis in and out of those grounds along Washington Road and those arterial streets that we have. That's one of the most important pieces from a nuts and bolts perspective. How do we efficiently move people in and out so that we don't have those major bottlenecks? You don't have traffic congestion on I-20 where you've got lines backed up all the way off the off-ramps. So we've done a tremendous amount of work, largely due to the Transportation Investment Act in our city, and we're able to move people in and out efficiently. That's great. Maybe you could send some of the traffic management expertise to Atlanta. We could use a little bit of it. <laughs> we've talked about it. That's true. So you've, you've laid out how Augusta hosts the world. How do you host the world? What does your day-to-day -day look like? Do you ever get to make it out to the tournament and, and have a pimento cheese sandwich, or are you just covered up all week? What is, what is your experience like during Masters Week? As mayor of the city of Augusta, I try to make it out at a minimum three to four days during the tournament. Without question, I'm there on Wednesday for the Par 3 tournament. On Monday, historically, what we've done in Augusta is we host the mayor's Masters reception. It's been done for 20-plus years. Sands, of course, the two years where we've had the global pandemic. And it is during that time on that afternoon, on Monday afternoon of the Masters Week, where we host an event and we recognize what historically has been someone who's won the green jacket before. And uh, we do that, give them a key to the city. It's a way for us to engage the part of our community, the citizens, the residents, and others who likewise might not get a chance to get inside the ropes. And that has served for 20 plus years as the kickoff for Masters Week in Augusta. On Wednesday, I started doing this several years ago, hosting what I call the Mayor's Gala. We're very fortunate that Georgia is the number one state in the nation to do business eight years in a row. Well, one of the things that helps benefit us is that we kick off the red carpet tour where we bring CEOs, industry leaders, and partners from across the globe to the city of Augusta during Masters Week. They come on Thursday after having been in Atlanta uh, with the dinner on Wednesday night at the governor's mansion. Uh, so they show up in Augusta on Thursday morning, spend a day out at the tournament. Then they travel to another uh, part of our state, sometimes at Savannah. And then they show back up in Augusta on Saturday morning to have another day at the tournament. So I'm generally out there on Thursdays. On a rare occasion, I may go out on Saturday, but without question, I'm always there on Sunday. I'm curious, what kind of decisions get made during that time? It seems like a, it's a big gathering for all these uh, big decision makers. Well, a lot of decisions are made about whether businesses will relocate to the great state of Georgia. And in many instances, that 
holds true that they're also looking at Augusta as a business location. So that happens on a regular basis. There's a lot that takes place in and around Augusta during Masters Week. I've heard it said before that, uh, you know, a lot of business transactions take place on the golf course. Now, in our case, that happens with the Augusta National, i.e. the Masters Golf Tournament, where people are choosing Augusta. Mayor, you mentioned your relationship with Augusta National and the best kind of partner is a self-sufficient partner. And you, you referenced that. What are the other points of discussion with Augusta National that you have uh, 52 weeks a year? Well, again, their biggest need is support from a law enforcement standpoint, transportation support. And what I mean by that is, you know, many people are aware or may not even be aware that there's now a tunnel that is under Washington Road. That was a joint venture partnership between Augusta National Golf Club, the city of Augusta, and the State Department of Transportation. They now can do the majority of those transfers and transports without ever having to move cargo trucks onto Washington Road. They can do all of that underneath the ground by coming through the tunnel that takes them from one side of Washington Road to the next. It's partnerships like that. When you look at what Berkman Road now looks like, that was a partnership between the city of Augusta and Augusta National Golf Club and the Department of Transportation for the state of Georgia. Those types of things happen because of broad relationships, open conversations and discussions about how best uh, to partner together as a city. Last year, Augusta National took a major step forward in to make investments in the community. Really the first time they've done that. We're really proud of that partnership as well. And they've made an investment with their key stakeholders and partners like Bank of America, I believe IBM as well. They've made an investment into what we call the hub. It's an innovation center that has Boys and Girls Club, several nonprofits that are going to be housed there. And they'll have a soft opening during Master's Week, meeting the needs of people in underserved communities. And this was really Augusta National's first foray into the community where they're making major investments to really help transform parts of Augusta that have long needed it. Outside of Mass Week, maybe even the Women's Amateur Week, how do you want Augusta to be known during the rest of the year? You know, we spend a lot of time on that day. And if you fly into Augusta Regional Airport, you'll hear a voice from the uh, loudspeakers where I welcome people to the city of Augusta, home of the masters. James Brown, the godfather of soul, and now the cybersecurity capital of the nation. Most people don't know that, that we quickly have become the cybersecurity capital of the nation. For those in the military, you hear terms like the tip of the spear, Augusta, Georgia, as the new frontier when we're fighting the enemy in the theater battle. Uh, whether it's Fort Warden, whether it's NSAG, all of the cyber ops that are happening primarily in the theater battle right now, they originate largely out of Augusta, Georgia. In 2014, in the fall of 2014, Army Cyber made a decision to move its operations and headquarters from Fort Meade or Belvoir to Augusta, Georgia, Fort Gordon. And so that's how I want people to, to know our city, that we are, in fact, the home of the masters. We're home of James Brown, the godfather of soul, but we are also the cybersecurity capital of the nation. And decisions are being made right there in the heart of Augusta that affect the lives of people across the globe. And that's something that we're all extremely proud of. Is that possible without the masters, you think? Uh, absolutely. Uh, we're extremely proud of what the Augusta National provides us. Like I said earlier, 
we don't have to be looking for a derby or anything like that. Every single year, there's only one city in the entire universe that causes all of the other cities in the universe to shut down. And they show up in this place called Augusta, Georgia, right by the Savannah River. And now we've got this icing on top of the cake called cybersecurity. You've got some two plus million jobs that are available right now to work in that space, high wage earning jobs. And so it absolutely happened without the masters, but it's nice to know that you can bring people from across the globe to your city. As I say in our message about Augusta, we want Augusta to be a city of opportunity where people want to live, to learn, to work, and to raise our families. And we see it happening and unfolding in front of us right now. You strike me, Mayor, as a perfect person to lead that charge into cybersecurity. You have a technical degree from Georgia Tech, an engineering degree, and you have a doctorate in theology. So from a personal standpoint, how do you balance those two things in your leadership style? And, and how do you separate church and state? Well, I appreciate that question. One, I never separate church and state. It's impossible to be a person of faith, and then you leave your faith at the door just because you're involved in business, the business of people. Your success in doing the job, the work at hand, is predicated on those core values of who you are. Georgia Tech, when I was there, was an international school, even more so now. So I had a chance to be exposed to what the world looked like, not just this narrow lens we oftentimes think about when we've grown up in certain locations. And so those things have played a tremendous role again in my life in terms of my core values and how I lead the city of my faith plays a key role in that. As I think about the broader vision for a city that's inclusive, a city that's equitable, a city that, again, gives everyone an opportunity to succeed equally. And so when I, uh, I think about, you know, my doctorate degree in theology, my electrical engineering degree, you know, someone joked with me once and said, how does a preacher become a politician who was an electrical engineer? And I, and I fondly joke and say, well, I read in the Bible where God said, let there be light. Well, <laughs> I know how to keep the lights on and provide power. <laughs> I love that. Yep. That's, that's so great. I love everything about that. So I pursued a technical degree myself because I was told it was going to help me in business. How do you see your technical degree and your technical thinking applying in a career of public service? It, it's been so helpful for me to have had that technical degree from Georgia Tech. Interestingly enough, the new mayor of Atlanta, Georgia, is also a tech grad, a chemical engineering major. I believe we know how to solve problems. Cities are wrought with problems. And you need someone who can think, someone who can think logically, while at the same time remembering that you're doing this work because people's lives matter, people's lives are at stake. When you start, you know, going through that process of what can we tackle, what are the issues that are important that we need to solve in our cities, you've got transportation issues that need to be solved. You've got issues of infrastructure that need to be solved. You've got issues of food insecurity that need to be solved. And so the ability to think analytically about it, but also be introspective in terms of the challenges that many of us have experienced in our own life. And how do we parlay that into, you know, making a difference in the lives of other people? And all of those factors during my time as a student at Georgia Tech, my time as a co-op, my time now having served in the state legislature, knowing how those eight years, three in the House, five in the Senate, 
helped translate what good governance and a good public policy is and needs to be in order to truly do something transformative. And then taking that into the city of Augusta, it has proved very helpful to me. And, and that's made Augusta the best that she can be. Our city has experienced incredible growth and transformation. We've ended each year with a budget surplus, even during the global pandemic. And, you know, I think that's tied to partly our leadership. Larry, you took, you took the words out of my mouth there. I was going to ask you to zoom out a little bit in that you had served in the state house and served in the Georgia state Senate before being mayor of Augusta. What do you think has been the biggest driver of growth in Georgia and its success? And then what do you worry about most going forward for the state? Our biggest driver in terms of the state's economic growth and development is our talent. It's our workforce. It's not only the existing workforce, but our ability to use resources like Georgia Quit and mobilize uh, a workforce that's ready-made based on business needs. Our ability to do that is unparalleled. There are other states that do good things. I think about the Rivian battle between Georgia and North Carolina, and then ultimately Georgia and Arizona as probably the two finalists. But it largely was predicated, yes, our incentive package was great, but it's our workforce that was even better. And knowing that you've got a partner in the state of Georgia, you've got cities that are equally competitive, that's what drives our state's success. It's people. You can't put a price tag on human capital. When you have research institutions in your state, like Georgia Tech, like the University of Georgia, Georgia State, and Augusta University, formerly the Medical College of Georgia, our state's four research institutions, you've got some horsepower there that you wouldn't have otherwise. You couple that with being the capital of the South in Atlanta, it just makes for a unique opportunity to make investments as a knowing that you've got FinTech in Atlanta, you've got the best in terms of healthcare uh, opportunities available for your workforce. You've got the world's busiest airport and Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport, strong military that's there in the state of Georgia. All of those play a key role and, you know, you've got low taxes. So those things matter. That's what drives our economy. What's your biggest worry for the next generation of Georgia growth and success? The biggest concern that I have going forward is what happens in rural Georgia. You've got more people moving to urban centers, which you would expect to have happen. But there's a vast state that desperately needs help. You've got the challenges of broadband. Broadband is, in fact, infrastructure. And the global pandemic revealed to us the fissures that we had in our economy the fissures that we have just in terms of, you know, how we meet the needs of people. Georgia is a great state because of the people that live here. And so when you have rural Georgians who don't have uh, stable and consistent broadband access, it impairs their ability to be educated. And so we've got to move beyond the levers of what holds us back in terms of broadband and really work to create one Georgia, a Georgia where all of our citizens have not only the same opportunities to succeed, but know that they don't have to necessarily move to Atlanta or move to Augusta in order to experience the same kind of success that our citizens and residents do. So with your career in public service, I'm sure as part of the democratic process, you've gotten so much criticism over time. And I'm sure some of it's been very hard to take and probably very unfair. So how do you as a leader take that 
and work through and stay productive in light of so much criticism? Well, you know, that's always the tough part about politics. The world of politics has become so toxic over the last really 12 years. I mean, we started with one revolution after another, and it doesn't matter whether it's Democrats, Republicans, just the toxicity of our politics really needs to be dealt with. It's hard to do that because people are free moral agents left to do whatever he or she chooses to do. But I think at the end of the day, we've got to really focus on our better angel and everyone should look towards their North stars and understand that if we focus our time, our talent, and our energy on the people who elected us and never lose sight of the fact that the work that we do is for the, we're citizens, legislators, and or elected officials. Quote, we're supposed to be doing this. We're elected by the people for the people and other people. If we never lose sight of that, we can get to uh, a better place, not only in Georgia, but in this nation, reminding ourselves that if I care more about the people than I do about the work, then we won't abuse the people while trying to do the work. And I think so much animus built up on both sides when before, whether it was the Joe Mansions of the world and the former Senator Bidens of the world who would sit down across a cup of coffee or a meal and work things out. Uh, now we're not interested in working things out. We're too interested in getting uh, the latest sound bite and the talking point. But if we could distance ourselves from that back to a place of, I'm reminded in the words of Micah, if we would get back to that place of doing justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly before our God, we could have a better America and certainly a better Congress, better legislature, and better cities. That's great. Mayor, I'll ask one question to close, and then we'll do some quick hits, just like kind of top of mind questions. But to close, what around the masters has changed the most in your eight years in office, and what has stayed exactly the same? The thing that stayed the same is the Masters Golf Tournament is the world's greatest sporting event. The only place you can bring your entire family, and once you're inside the grounds, you can feed everybody. You can even get your brew for 20 bucks. Hadn't changed in forever. You can't go to any other sporting event where that's true. What has changed is the grounds have changed. I mean, even this year, you've got the new worldwide or global TV match new. It's going to open up this year. Every year you can expect a new building. There's always something in the works at Augusta National that will change the competitive nature of it. But at the same time, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world we'll ever visit. No I'm sure that keeps your zoning department plenty busy, Mayor. It absolutely does. <laughs> absolutely does. If you've ever been to the Masters and you have any argument against the statement that the Masters is the greatest sporting event in the world, you cannot argue that. Nobody can argue that point. It is 100% true. I couldn't agree with you more. All right, man, we're going to do just a few quick hits, like kind of first question that comes to mind to close. I'll do the first three here, and then Dan will finish. But all right, quick hits. Popular vote or electoral college? Popular vote. 13th hole at Augusta National or 15th hole at Augusta National? 15th hole. It's my favorite golf hole in the world, so I'll agree with you there. Okay, last nine yeah. holes Sunday afternoon at Augusta. Would you prefer to watch it in person or would you prefer to watch it on TV? 
in, in person is best. I remember 2019, left church early, followed Tiger to back nine, and it was the most amazing tournament ever. Tough to argue with an experience like that. Our next segment, three questions called buy or sell. It's that simple. I'll give you a prompt and you tell me if you buy or sell the notion. The first one we ask every guest in the show, buy or sell Tesla. Sell. Buy or sell. Luigi's is the best hangout in Augusta during Masters Week. Okay. If you could get in there. That's if you could get in there. I mean, I love those. Those the ballast that they're, they're great friends of ours. And we I, I love going there. So if you can get in there during Masters Week, you 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 pulled it off. <laughs> a friend said I had to ask you about this. I had never heard of the place, but they said they had the best time over the years. Then, so yeah, I mean, it's like if you can get in there during Masters Week, you really pulled it off. Sticking with the restaurant theme, buy or sell the varsity. Bye. That's great, Mayor Davis. Can't can't thank you enough. We we really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I I couldn't I couldn't tell you how much I, I appreciate it uh, to be here with you guys. All right, Dan. Takeaways, the mayor of Augusta, Mr. Davis, very appreciative of his time. Great guy, very accomplished. But politicians have a very unique way of steering the conversation where they want it to go. But my favorite part of the interview was when he just dropped all pretense and said, the Masters is the greatest sporting event in the world. And I just loved that. There was no spin just right to the point. Couldn't agree more. So I'll just start there. That was a really great moment for me and a, and a cool takeaway. I mean, talk about owning your city's greatest asset and really, you know, flying the flag as much as possible. Yeah. And I appreciate his, I mean, I don't know if he's a golfer or not. I don't know how much he really gets into the game, but he knows what his city has to offer. And that's sort of the cornerstone. So kudos to him to acknowledging that and building off of that. Yeah. One thing I thought was cool, and I'd never heard of this, was the business development angle that the city of Augusta you, and the state of Georgia uses the Masters for. I, that was a really cool story that, you know, I, I forget the exact rotation, but Thursday in Atlanta, Friday at, at the Masters, Saturday visiting a different part of the state, and uh, just kind of taking a tour of, of what we have to offer economically, geographically, and tying that around the Masters. It's, it, it's cool to think about a lot of Fortune 500 companies are doing that. And the state of Georgia is doing that. So very interesting. Yeah, the corporate angle I know is keeps growing, right? We, when we talked to Harry Arnett, episode three, he was talking a whole lot about his, his cocktail out there at Berkman's with, the, with Alan Mulally. Oh, yeah. And that, that's, that's my stereotypical like corporate networking at Augusta kind of deal, right? Illuminati in the business world doing it. But the, yeah. but the public sector doing it too, that was, uh, that was news to me. It's the... It's the Facing the private sector, what corporations are going to move jobs and assets to the state of Georgia? Right. Talk about talk about going to the right spot to have those conversations. So, um, you know, it's such an interesting job that of mayor. You're your decision maker, your chief salesperson, right? You're yeah. the PR department. All these things come to play, and it's uh, even in a city like Augusta, which is you know it's not small, but it's not a huge metropolis comes with all sorts of responsibilities. And that's that's one where Mayor Davis really has to step up in the world stage, really. Yeah, and it's, we opened with his clear-cut message on the Masters being the greatest sporting event. The other thing about his personal message that I loved, it wasn't the first time he's been asked this, but I thought his message was really clear and really well-defined. He staked, you know, put a stake in the ground that 
he does not separate church and state. His beliefs, his personal opinions will carry him into his professional job. And there's no way to separate those two. And he put it a lot more eloquently than I just did. But I was impressed by that. Didn't beat around the bush and, and really owned it. Yeah. I mean, you got to be genuine, right? You got to know your style. You got to know what, what, what flavor you bring to the job. And it was, a, it was a surprising answer, right? Given that yeah. you, you would think that systemically church and state have to be separate in a public facing job. But, um, but his take on that was, was interesting. And of course, acknowledge you still have to be equitable and inclusive and all those things. And he gets that barometer for himself from his faith, which is, which is perfectly appropriate. But it was interesting to hear him answer that directly with yeah. what can be a very tough question. Yeah. As far as steering the conversation, he did a great job of bringing up the cybersecurity capital of America and leading, you know, being at the front line of that fight. That was your classic, I left with more questions than answers. I, I really would love to follow up and learn more about that. I'm not sure there's a business of golf angle there beyond, uh, you know, Masters Week, but that's a really, really, really cool deal that I'm sure we just know a very tiny bit about. He may only know a tiny bit about, to be honest with you. That's really frontline stuff. Yeah, I mean, talking about a super hot and important space, cybersecurity, I had no idea Augusta Georgia played any role, let alone a leading role in this. Right. But what really impressed me about Mayor Davis in terms of speaking about Augusta is that he, you know, there was, there's obviously the Masters as a hub, as a linchpin, but he always kind of found ways to talk about another aspect of Augusta, right? Cybersecurity, right? Uh, even the little tidbit about James Brown, and I know James Brown came from uh, Augusta. Yeah. And then, you know, the sort of research centers they have going on. So he, he touched on different points throughout the conversation, which is a great way to say, hey, we know what our golden goose is, but don't don't get too distracted by what we're building around that. So, you know, aside from his agenda, I just thought from a sales and, and, and communication perspective, that was very effective to me in terms of understanding more about his city. Yeah. And well-rounded too. He's obviously had served in the state legislature for eight years, I believe. But, you know, when you asked what the biggest issue facing him, he said, you know, it was really the rural areas, which is not his constituency. But to give that answer, you know, really implies that he's thinking about more than just his interest or his city's interest. And he's thinking about the state at large and the country at large. So I thought that was a very insightful answer as well. Yeah. So here's a question for you. And it, it, it has to do with the first question you asked Mayor Davis in the interview about the economic impact of the masters in the city of Augusta. He said $50 million dollars. How does that strike you? Does that jive with your expectations? I think that might be like the tax revenue take. I think it might be like the impact to the city of Augusta because knowing the little bit that I know about corporate entertainment and like what goes on that week, there is way more than $50 million being spent. So I think you know, the seven or 8% of, that they get on, on catering, hotels, airfare, airlines, private air travel, I think that could be 50 million. And, and I, I would believe that in a heartbeat, but no, overall like spend, that's way low. So I agree. Cause I, you know, I did a little digging when I heard that number, cause I, okay. it didn't check out to me either. So I pulled up the financials of the city of Augusta just okay. to kind of like sniff around and get a sense. Oh, nice. Nice. So annual revenues for the city of Augusta in 2020 in 2019 was similar. 
is $171 million. Okay. 68 million of which is property tax. And then you got a bunch of other categories, franchise tax, sales tax. So if you're telling me, okay, 170, so 50 million is roughly what, 30% of that. Right. Okay, that for a week, that kind of checks out for as a big an event. So I'm with you, it has to be the tax revenue in my mind for it to make sense. Because if you're talking about all the money, all the restaurants put in their pocket and all that kind of stuff. Right. You know, the the you know, hotel revenues, all that kind of stuff. To me, it, that's got to be a lot higher, like you said. So you went the same direction I went when I heard that number because uh, you know, it doesn't compute to me otherwise. But we, I'd love to know the, uh, the accounting behind all this. If it's 30% of their annual revenue, the city's take is not 50 but the overall spend is way higher than 50. So the, the answer is somewhere in between, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's all kinds of... And I'm, I'm uh, not an expert on government finances, but I mean, I knew nothing about your research project until just now. And I thought you were going to say a billion dollars annual revenue. Just, I just, government numbers always surprise you on the high end. So when you came with 177, I thought that was low, but... Anyway, yeah, no, me too. But and you know, how much goes federally than the states, and what does the city right. get? You know, right. it's you know how that gets levied is all complicated. But um, and county as well. Yeah, and county, of course. Yeah. So uh, yeah, lots of people to pay along the way. Hey, how about a electrical engineer selling Tesla stock? Yeah, you don't get well, many people selling, <laughs> and uh, you know, and uh, for an electrical engineer to do it, I. Uh, I didn't expect that. I think it has to do with the logical brain of price earnings ratio analysis, probably. I don't know. You gotta get the right price, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I bet he would have bought Rivian though. I bet he hosted some Rivian people in Augusta, Georgia. For those of no you way. outside of Georgia, Rivian is spending billions of dollars putting their whole operation about an hour east of Atlanta, which is and halfway to Augusta. So I'm sure that was a years long process to get Rivian on the hook here in the state. Maybe that got brokered at the masters. We'll never know. I know. All right, let's wrap it up. Thank you all for listening. Thanks Mayor Davis for the time and stay tuned for next time. Give us a subscribe. If you like the show comment, even three words. I like it. Do better. We'll welcome all of it. Thanks a lot.